white lights Tell me this don't feel right on time Yeah, I'm the hope I know you're worried to leave it all behind Welcome to Solation with Sharon Maureen on Lift Your Spirits Radio. I will be your host every third Friday of the month on 1150 AM KKNW Seattle, inspiring you to thrive from the inside out. Hello. Hi, good morning. Great start to the show already. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. My inaugural show with my very first guest, a dear friend of mine. I am so, so happy to be introducing Jolene Brown. If you could be in studio with me, you would see this bright-eyed, beautiful soul that I have loved for years. And I wanted to invite Jolene on this show because, number one, she's a dear friend. And I have watched her truly thrive through some of the most challenging circumstances in life. And we won't be going into a lot of those details of what exactly those circumstances were But I want to tell you that this woman knows how to take whatever life throws at her, dig down deep, bring it forth, and make the best of it. Jolene, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here with you and so happy for you having your show. Oh, it's, it's a thrill to be able to encourage people. That's what I've loved doing. Like a lot of people in life, when our heart is to be authentic, and encourage others, we get to go through the mire, the muck and the mire of life, not so because that's what makes us quote unquote experts. It's our experience. Mm-hmm. And so that we can speak with love and authority and some expertise. So Julian, I would love for you to just share briefly about your upbringing, a little bit about maybe the conditioning and how you became a Christian. And this isn't an, sh- an evangelistic show. This isn't about Christianity, but it serves a very succinct purpose of what I want to share with our audience today. And part of that is how do we transition from conditioning that hasn't served us out of a religious environments that don't resonate with our souls, mm. but at one time they did and do at times, so just speak to us a little bit about your journey and how you came to a, a place of faith in your life. So that's a, a fun topic. And um, I was born into a family with parents that were in active addic- addiction, unfortunately for me. Um, and I didn't actually know my birth mother until I was about eight years old. I did meet her twice. I do remember briefly meeting her twice when I was young. So I was raised predominantly by um, my father, who uh, was also a schizophrenic manic depressive. So that gave us a very unpredictable childhood, my brother and I growing up. Um, And then when we were, when I was eight years old, I transitioned and moved in with my mom uh, who at that time was remarried to my stepdad, Jack, and they had my three sisters. So we moved here and started our life here in Seattle. And, um, you know, when you have a childhood and an upbringing where there is unpredictability and uh, violence, it it has an effect on you, right? Mm-hmm. As a 
child and teen and adult. And so I was very, from a very young age, I would say I was conditioned to really believe that this world was not a, uh, a secure place and that I, I couldn't rely on people from a, you know, a very young age. Those were not conscious thoughts, but as I look at what my journey looked like as a young adult and then even an adult woman, um, I see how I acted from that place, you know, a place of knowing that I needed to rely on myself and not others. And so I, the growing up was, was challenging and I, I struggled to bond and connect to um, my mom once we transitioned here, even though I wanted, I deeply wanted to, and I know she wanted that as well. I think because of the um, just the circumstances in, in, in what my early years were, I wasn't capable of doing that. And so fast forward, I, at a young age, became pregnant with my firstborn, Samantha. And, uh, and how old were you? I was 19. 19. 19 years old. Yeah. So a young, a young mama. Young mama. Um, and you know, I remember having her, I remember the first time looking into her eyes and holding her and being so filled with love for this child. I'd never felt love like that before. And also feeling terrified that I felt this huge responsibility that I had brought this life into this world. And I really did not have much to give her. At that time, I I was single. I was staying in a friend's house. uh, And I remember coming home from the hospital and laying her down on the bed and just sobbing. And I remember going down onto my knees and praying. And I wasn't religious. I wasn't raised in a religious home at all. Um, We didn't go to church. There was nothing like that. But something inside of me caused me to reach out in that way, in that moment of deep vulnerability. And and basically what I said was, God, if you're out there and if you're real, show me and help me because I want to give this child something different than what I experienced as a young child. And isn't it true, Jolene, that 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 vulnerability, the moment of realizing there's something beyond me, Mm. uh, children have a way of doing that. And I know from my own personal experience, I also had the thought, please, I don't want to do it like I was raised. I want my child to have some stability. I want my child to know love. I want my child to be uh, free from abuse and addiction and and it, unpredictability. It yeah. just when I had my first child, even before then, I thought I've got to do this different. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. And so that was really my introduction to Christianity. Even though in that moment I wasn't praying to a Christian God or the God of the Bible. It was only within a few weeks that I found myself in a church in Seattle and with my newborn. And I remember walking into the church and being scared and having this thought in my mind that everybody there was going to know that I had a child out of wedlock and, mm-hmm. you know, that I was a sinner, <laughs> whatever <laughs> that even meant. Mm-hmm. But I remember having that thought mm-hmm. Uh, But at the same time, there was this pull in me that was stronger than the fear of judgment, this hope that maybe I would find something there that I had never found in my life before. And let's hold on to that word because I love that. You found a hope. And that hope can be translated 
in many places. And what I see in you is that hope has been a very key motivator in your life, that, 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 that star, that something can be better for me. I want more for my children. I want more for myself. Mm-hmm. Hope is a phenomenal motivator. Yeah. But sometimes we lose hope, right? Yeah. So you found yourself in the church with an inkling of hope. I found myself in a church with the inkling of hope. And I looked around and all these people were, you know, singing and they seemed so sincere. They seemed sincere and they were incredibly loving. They were incredibly loving and welcoming to me. And so that was where my journey began. And then I went on to go to Bible college and I did some missionary work and was just raising my daughter, learning about this um, religion. And uh, I was all in. I mean, and anyone who knows me knows my personality. I don't typically do things halfway. (laughs) Um, I'm very, when I commit to something, I 110% commit. And it was safe. It was safe, and it was unlike anything that I had ever experienced. I mean, I grew up, like I said, in a broken home, a very violent, abusive father, um, not knowing my mother, feeling very displaced. And, and one thing that I've learned that was very powerful for what shaped me and a lot of decisions moving forward in my life and things that I, that I accepted was I also watched my stepmom leave right before I— went to live with my biological mom. And, um, you know, I, of course, I don't blame her. It was a horrible situation. She couldn't take my brother and I. But I remember that night watching her walk down the street mm-hmm. um, at night with my little brother David on her hip. And I knew she wasn't coming back. And I'm eight years old, right? And I have an eight-year-old right now. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I think of those moments when you're you're vulnerable and you want family and to be loved and to have predictability and consistency. And I had never experienced that in my life. And so that was something that was very powerful for me in the church is that that was the first time in my life that I really ever experienced what community felt like Mm -hmm. and what it felt like to be a part of something um, that was very positive and safe, right? And when you think of you know, a lot of the teachings, too, they were very positive. You know, don't lie, don't steal, don't mm-hmm. cheat, um, love your neighbor as yourself. These were all things that that that's those were morals that were very important to me and things that I wanted to live by because I had been raised so much in the opposite that I I knew experientially um, what the opposite of those characters looked like and what the outcome was. Um, and it was there that I met and married my husband, who was actually my Bible uh, college teacher. Um, and that's where that's where my journey started. So then I became a pastor's wife at the age of 23, wow. very tender age of 23, and um, started in full-time ministry. And that was uh, 15, uh, well, no, actually almost 17 years of my life was uh, then being full-time in the church, uh, I taught women's Bible studies and conferences. And and then life threw you a curveball. It did. And things all of a sudden just really blew up. All this, these things that you once thought you had within this safe container imploded. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then because of that, if you want to share uh, briefly what that entailed, that's up to you. But basically, it 
brought you to a place where you began to deconstruct and reconstruct everything that you had been told, what you had come to believe, and then begin to put it through a winnowing fork of your own heart and settle into what is actually you, what makes you thrive, what is your heart song, what is your spirit song. You want to share a little bit about how the the implosion? (laughs) Yeah, so it's interesting because... Like I said, I was married when I was 23, and then we had our first child together within the first year, and then our second child, my son. Um, And shortly after that, my father was murdered in prison. And that was a catalyst for me because it very much, um, it was very undoing for me in the sense that a lot of things that I had never addressed as a child all of a sudden were at the surface because it was a very... uh, you know, he was in solitary confinement when the murder took place. So it was public. There was a lot of um, eyes on what had happened and and there was a court case. And so during that time, I had to face a, a huge part of my life that I had never spoken about that my husband didn't even know about the, the levels of um, abuse that went on in my childhood. And now all of a sudden I was being faced with all of these things. And what that did was it caused me to, I knew I was going to kind of do one of two things. I was either going to try to cover that part of my life because I, I wanted, this is an important piece. I remember when I became a Christian, one of the most appealing things to me was that uh, the whole idea of having a completely new life. And and I remember people had quoted verses to me about becoming a new creation in mm-hmm. Christ Jesus and the former things pass away and all of that. And I took that as, oh, this is great. Nobody ever has to know anything about what my life used to be, what my childhood, because there was so much shame and sadness around that. And I didn't want to identify with those things. I wanted this opportunity at this new life to be this this different person, you know, and so when all of those things happened with my father, I was faced with the reality of having to address my past, um, which then caused me to uh, get into counseling. And I found a man by the name of Dr. Dan Ellender, who is an expert on sexual abuse and trauma. And um, it was a tremendous time of healing for me personally. And also, as you know, when you're going through self um, what's the word I'm looking for? Development, yes. reformation. Yeah, even. Mm-hmm. when you're when you're digging deep into your your own life and who you are, it shows you not only about your past, but then you see how you've made decisions in your current life from a, a state of trauma, which is what I had done in my marriage. And there had been lots of red flags uh, even before I was married that I either chose to ignore or wanted to believe the best. There was a lot of uh, pressure in the church to get married and have a, a father as a single mom. And um, and so when I went through a lot of my personal healing, that's when I started really seeing the, the dysfunction. And I don't like to use this word uh, loosely when I say abuse because that's a heavy word to me and it comes with a lot of... Um, it's just not something that I th- I like to throw around, but there was quite a bit of that in my marriage and in my home. And when I went through a lot of my personal healing, that is when I began to really see the how bad things were mm-hmm. and that I was 
Let's go ahead and finish your sentence. That there. I was no longer willing to cover. That wow, what a story, Jolene, and thank you for sharing with us. And it ended up in a divorce, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of tr- terrible things that led up to that. You had the courage to move forward and listen, be brave enough to listen to what your heart was saying, despite all of the conditioning, despite even what other people might have told you was right or wrong within that Christian uh, container. And I want to honor you for that because what's happened since then is where I want to get into next. And when we come back from the break, I want you to share that in spite of all this tragedy, you dug down deep, you sought help, and then you've made some incredible achievements. And I'm, as you know, an older woman looking at you, I am so proud of you. And I can't wait for our audience to hear more about how you've really thrived through this tragedy. You're listening to Solation with Sharon Maureen on Lift Your Spirits Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more. Our Energy Matters Tip of the Week with Dina Marie. Be spontaneous. The universe likes nothing more than serendipitous, whimsical winks that they can give us when we're being playful and having fun and being in the flow. When we plan every day, each moment, the universe has a hard time making the call to us. And sometimes we have a hard time actually listening, even if they do make the call. So when I take people on retreats, they say, so what are we doing today? And I say, I have no idea. And as soon as we start moving out, things just start to happen. They fall into place and people are magically happy and thrilled to find synchronicities the whole way. So if you really want to change your energy and shift your life, have a day or even go on vacation and make no plans. That's the most important thing about synchronicities and those winks. So our energy matters tip of the week with Dina Marie is being spontaneous. Hello, my name is Sharon Maureen, the owner of Twin Peaks Nutrition and Wellness in North Bend, Washington. I am a life coach, mentor, and I am the creatrix of the Solation System, looking at nutrition, offering tools, techniques, and routines to help women thrive through challenges and change. I offer decades of expertise as an herbalist, fitness coach, and health enthusiast. I can customize a program uniquely for you, expanding your inner strength wisdom, and resiliency through small, daily commitments to yourself. Reach out to me today at SharonMarine.com. Parenting can be a paradox. The longer you're a parent, the better you get. But connecting with your child can get harder and harder. My name is Jeff Falzone. As a father, I've personally experienced this challenge myself. After working as a therapist for 20 years, I've developed an exciting approach to parenting that will transform how you connect with your child. I'd love to talk to you about it. Read about my approach and contact me for a free consultation at jefffalzonecoaching.com. Multicultural, multidimensional even. Alternative Talk 1150. I know you're worried you leave it all behind. If you see it shine. Oh, never get 
listening to Solation with Sharon Maureen on Lift Your Spirits Radio. And we've been talking with Jolene Brown. This this woman is like a beacon of light. She embodies what it means to thrive no matter what life throws out you. No matter what challenge comes your way, this woman has made a choice to really rise above, go through, and she is an accomplished woman beyond measure. She uh, got into Christianity because she wanted to feel safe. She identified with the container. She appreciated the love and the tribe that she became acquainted with. She married a pastor, and then it didn't turn out so well because there ended up being some abuse. And you were beginning to talk a little about that. You were saying it's a word I don't like to use and I don't use it lightly, but you did experience um, some Mm -hmm. coercion, abuse. And I can imagine that everything you thought was true just blew up like a firecracker. Yeah, it did. And, you know, it's interesting because I look back to even our first year of marriage and things that happened that I just turned a blind eye to and made excuses for. I remember our first uh, conflict that we had and uh, him throwing a large vase that just luckily missed my head. And I think of a scenario like that now, who I am today, how I've grown, what I've come into and what my reaction would have been to something like that now versus then. But, you know, I was 23. I was young. I was super um, insecure and certainly did not love myself yet. And you say that it's really key. You did not love yourself yet. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about how important that is. And I also, you said a statement about the woman I am today would, would not have tolerated that. But again, coming from a very challenging upbringing, as I was, I found myself being conflict avoidance. Mm-hmm. Boy, it, and so even the concept of being a submissive wife, a helpmate to my husband, really was a safe way for me to avoid conflict. And as we grow as women and in position, conflict is part of life. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. to face it with integrity and forthrightness, if need be, kindness, but not always so nice. So you began to see like, wait a minute, I, I'm not going to, something's not right here. Yeah. And this, the sad thing is, and I think that a lot of women probably experience this, is there are so many things that, that we'll put up with personally. And for me, there was a lot of control and abuse that I put up with. But uh, the area where I would not tolerate was any harm to my children. Mm. And that was basically the turning point in our marriage was as things just kind of got worse and worse. And I I do want to say, because this is a very important piece to me and something that I think needs to be addressed in the system of of churches, Mm -hmm. is I did um, reach out to our senior pastors, uh, the senior pastor's wife, multiple times for help. 
as things kind of got worse and worse in our marriage. And it's a very isolating place when you're a pastor's wife because there's this um, protection, right, of the ministry that you're taught, that you need to protect the ministry, that you need to look out for the people in your body and you never want to expose things in your personal life. And supposedly they have, you know, they're supposed to, or I, I should say in a good system, you would have support for all levels of leadership and where people really can walk transparently, openly, go through the difficult things of life together, get help. But that that never happened when I would ask for help and say, I'm concerned these things are going on in our home. Um, I was told to give up midwifery, mm-hmm. that if I were home more, I would have a husband who was angry less. And mind you, I was home for 17 years. I mean, I did, you, you know, we did midwifery together and placenta encapsulating, but that was way down the road. And as I was wanting to develop this passion of mine. And so to, I mean, I don't need to go into the whole story, but basically um, one night he assaulted one of my children and I was home and my kids had said things to me like, mom, if you knew what dad was like when you weren't here, you would divorce him. And that wasn't a word in our home. I mean, we were Christians. We were, we didn't talk about divorce. We, you know, when you married, it was for life. And Um, and I, and you know, there was the, with the control and the playing, and then I would get the call, Hey, just, you know, the kids are going to say something, but you know how they are and we need to be a united front, just the manipulation. But I will say that my gut always told me things were not right. And I did not listen to my gut. And that is probably one of the greatest growth points as women, as people is that our heart knows our gut knows and we often are conditioned to not trust it we believe somebody else has the answers Mm -hmm. for us and if i could help anyone if i could help everyone trust what's written on their hearts it's in my mind's eye it's truth everyone has it if you choose to listen to it and sometimes it takes a little bit of courage and moving forward to finally say oh my god i'm I got to act on what I know to be true. Yes. And that's what's the crossroads for you. That was the crossroad as I ha- I was home that night and I heard a cry from one of my children. And, you know, as a mother, you know, the different cries, anger, frustration, and it was of pain. And it was, you know, one of the most horrible nights of our lives. And I, I came into seeing him, uh, him assaulting my oldest son. And that was it. He was never in my home again. That night I made a decision. Uh, and, began to move forward with um, separating our lives. And it was very painful and a very difficult road. I was married for 17 years. We had seven children together. I had primarily been a stay-at-home mom. And I had just come home from Africa doing the midwifery and had these dreams of helping build a birth center in North Bend. And um, and our life dramatically changed overnight. Uh, I found myself with seven children um, on my own, needing to figure out how I was going to provide for my family. I, when I made the decision that I was going to move forward with the divorce, the church was very clear that they were not going to support me in that and that God would want me to reconcile. And uh, that basically the only way they could fully support me is if my husband had had an affair which was a huge turning point for me as a woman. And that was a big turning point in my belief system. 
Um, and I remember that night so clearly because it was I was meeting with the elders. I had had a meeting with the elders, and they were talking about what we were doing moving forward. And up until my children had disclosed some very personal things to me, I was going to reconcile. I had said, go to anger management, get in counseling, get honest about what's been going on. I don't want my marriage broken up. I don't want my children in a broken home, right? I, I knew experientially how painful that was as a child. Um, but once he was out of the home, there were other things that my children began to share with me that I knew there was no way that I could reconcile with him and bring him back into our home. It would be a huge betrayal to my children. And so I moved forward with a divorce and very clearly um, was just, I mean, I, I hate to say this because I don't want to sound like a martyr, but was very much abandoned. And what felt like a major betrayal from the church. Um, and I said to them, you know, I don't think that we believe in the same God because if you're telling me that my husband has to have an affair with a woman, um, that that's more grievous in the eyes of God than to hurt a child, we don't have the same belief structure mm-hmm. because that's, I, I, I could never believe that. You know, children should be protected and cared for and, it to the highest standard. And so that's what I chose. And that's what I did. I protected my kids. I moved forward and I began to figure out what that was going to look like. You said something, Jolene, that really resonated with me is so many times we will make choices for somebody else so that they can have a better life. And especially our children. I mean, as a mother of, of nine children, I wanted to make the best choices for them. But I didn't often come back and say, what's the best choice for me? Yeah. Wow. And as women, oftentimes we don't, especially um, as mothers. Many times, at least in the Christian culture, a a woman would lay down her life, which I think is a beautiful thing, but oftentimes at the expense of her health, her mental health. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anytime she expressed any kind of dismay or disgruntlement or hardship in mothering it was there was always a reason and a reason that she was falling short yeah she wasn't praying enough and if your husband is having anger maybe you weren't being submissive enough I mean it always came back to a what about a what a woman should do and the operative word should do yeah but never was she encouraged to dig down deep Listen to your heart and then have your partner say, I know you, I love you, I trust you, and I know that you have the ability to make wise choices, not only for yourself, but for your family. Mm-hmm. And so I've watched that develop within in your life. You had to do that as a single mom. You're now divorced it's gone. There was a court case. It, it was not a pretty situation. And you said abandon. The very people that you thought would be there for you only came at you with a lot of judgment. And there was a there was a small tribe that just really believed and they were they were grace in your life. They were. Um, but when we face the realities of what the human person can do, the harm and the hurt it's hard not to grow bitter and just mm-hmm. just to a place of I'm just going to isolate. I don't want to care about anything or anybody again. And you didn't even do that. You, I'm sure you went through to, uh, through some grief and 
but I've watched you just trust yourself and rise above. And that's taken some, a lot of work on your, your part. You've made some tremendous choices for yourself. And so tell me right now with all this tragedy and your, your world and your vision of what you thought would be no longer is, you begin to make some choices for yourself. Jolene, when you were divorced, you didn't even have a high school diploma, did you? No, no, that was part of, so, you know, like I said, I was a single mom at 19. I, because of my uh, upbringing and childhood, I mean, I was living on my own pretty much by the time I was 14, 15. I was going to school and working Mm -hmm. and uh, renting a room out of a house from a very young age. And by the time I was 16, I believe it was, um, I stopped going to school. And it was always a great uh, piece of shame for me. I felt really embarrassed about it. Um, I loved school when I was in school, and I I did well, especially in uh, my last year was I only had a ninth grade education, but I was an honor student, and it was wonderful. My upbringing just really didn't give me the space to be able to just be, you know, a kid and go to school and, and do those things. So yeah, when I got married, I didn't have any sort of a degree, which, which, like I said, was something that was a source of shame. And then I, um, when I found myself as a single mom, now I needed to provide for my family and I. And initially, I was working on my midwifery degree, which was wonderful, but I could not do that because of the level of emotional um, you. I really, you have to be very present for people. And at that time in my life, I knew I, I couldn't be. That wasn't it, my capacity. Very unpredictable, too, very lifestyle. I mean, we've done, I mean, we've both done it together. I mean, the last year that I was helping with deliveries um, and finishing up my midwifery, I did 120 births that year. Jeez. I mean, it, it was a blur when I look back on it. But it thankfully, I could bring my youngest child with me. But as far as establishing uh, a routine in my home, it, it was so challenging, and it was at my demise. I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't sleep much. I was working not only midwifery, but several jobs, as you can relate, just to try to make ends meet at the home. So, yeah, midwifery would definitely be a challenging thing to move into, uh, and I can see why you made different choices. So what choice did you make? So initially, I became a master mixologist, which was really funny because, you know, being a pastor's wife and getting married when I was 23, I never drank. I hadn't been in bars. That was never a part of my life. But I was literally Googling um, incomes. What are incomes that you don't have to go to school for? And I've got seven children. My youngest at the time, Courage, was only six months old. And so I went to bartending school and, you know, I was pumping my milk and leaving it for the other children to <laughs> feed to him while I'm gone. And, and all of a sudden I find myself in this world that I'd never been in before, you know, slinging drinks. But it is how I provided for my family for the first several several years of being divorced. And we were, like you said, there was a court case. It took me five years to get divorced. Um, and during that time, I worked sometimes two and three jobs. And it was, you know, it was perfect for us because I did have young children still at home. So I was able to be with my little ones during the day, not have to put them through daycare, which was really important to me because we were all so fragile Mm -hmm. at that time that I I didn't want them to have to be in too many unfamiliar settings. And then my older ones would come home and basically take over. Uh, Anna, my oldest at the time, was 
incredible and had, you know, way more responsibility than any young girl should have. Um, but we just did what we had to do to, uh, to transition and to start our new life. And so they would all help with each other. And then, um, I was actually, um, very fortunate that I moved up very quickly in that industry and, and was able to help open a few restaurants. And then I was going to open my own restaurant and bar. Um, and right as we were getting ready to sign on the lease, COVID hit. And so I was able to kind of take this step back. And, and by that time, I had purchased a home um, using my bartending money, which is really funny because <laughs> my boys were talking about wanting to go to the skateboard camp. And it was Go ahead. I just, I'm just raising it. Like, oh, know. it was really expensive. Yeah. And uh, they're like, oh, we're never going to be able to do this. And I'm like, yeah, you can, guys. And Shepard goes. Yeah, Shepard goes. I want you to hold that thought because I we are going to be heading out to a break. And we want to thank you so much for listening to Solation with Sharon Maureen on Lift Your Spirits Radio. Don't go away because Jolene has some more treasures to share with us. What Tell me this don't feel right on time. Yeah, I'm the home. Lift your spirits with me, Dina Marie, on Whidbey Island. I'll be a tour guide for your spirit and a travel agent for your soul. Retreats include a healing session for your body, your mind, and your spirit. You'll receive a Reiki session plus a chakra reading. Experience a labyrinth in the woods. Take a walk on the beach and enjoy downtown Langley with me. Retreats are customized for you or a group of friends. You can visit dina-marie.com to connect with me today. Island time is waiting for you. Are you in need of some self-rejuvenation? Give yourself the gift of relaxation and better health. The Energy Genesis is a safe 360-degree healing chamber that uses a pleasant combination of light and sound frequencies to create a resonance of peace and tranquility. Within minutes, your body eases into a deep state of rest and begins to gently heal and reconnect. To learn more about Energy Genesis Therapy and all of its benefits, visit their website at tanyaswan.com. Life is full of challenges and change, including menopause. Been there, done that, and be assured you can thrive, not just survive. Hemp Lily Wellness products can give you the support you need. Imagine sleeping better. I know I sure am. I'm also feeling more at ease throughout my day. Want to reduce those unpredictable sweats? It is possible. How about your youthful skin or relief from discomfort in your body? Hemp Lily is your ally. Hemp Lily offers free consultations and a 100% money back guarantee. Go to HempLily.com. Use code RELIEF at checkout for 25% off your entire order. Visit HempLily.com today. Lift your spirits with us every Friday at 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. on 1150 AM KKNW Seattle. We will be introducing you to fascinating people, fun places to visit, and activities are guaranteed to lift your spirits. Miss a show? No worries. You can visit 1150kknw.com and click on our archive page or like Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie on Facebook for upcoming guests and events. To contact me, Dina Marie, visit dina-marie.com. Thank you so much for listening. Need help getting started with self-help? You came to the right place. Alternative Talk, 1150. everything you need for sure yeah, I'm the hope 
Welcome back to Solation with Sharon Maureen on Lift Your Spirits Radio. This morning we've been talking to Jolene Brown about what it means to thrive and not just survive. She's talked about her journey into Christianity and then a abusive situation in a supposedly Christian marriage and how it imploded and the steps that she needed to take so that she could be a thriving single mom of seven children. And so she was saying that she uh, uh, became a mixologist and uh, and now she's working at a uh, location that they do all kinds of phenomenal things. It's not just your typical, let's get some cheap tequila here and pour a drink. It's like, it's an experience to be We're had. We're talking sh- top shelf. Here. Top <laughs> top, shelf. We're talking way yeah. top shelf. I mean, we have to get the, the ladder to get that stuff, you know. So, and then after you became a mixologist, you began to have a desire to do something that might be even a little bit more lucrative. Can you tell us where your journey brought you? Yes. Yeah, so then I decided during COVID, what, you know, what am I going to do next? And decided to go into the real estate world. And so I went and got my realtor's license, or I should say I went to real estate school. And then as I was getting ready to take my license, I became aware that you have to have either your high school diploma or a GED in order to take the test. And I know you remember this because I called you and we're having a conversation and I'm just like, you know, what, what am I going to do? I have to, it seemed like an overwhelming task because at the time that I went to realtor school, I was still working. It was towards, you know, it was during the COVID stuff, but I was still, you know, um, we had to go and things like that in the restaurant. And so I made the decision to go back to school and I wanted to get my high school diploma. So I enrolled in college. Uh, There was a program at Puget Sound that had a college program for getting your high school diploma. So I did that, uh, graduated, got my diploma, and then went and took my um, state and national exam for real estate and became a licensed broker uh, almost, well, I'm going on my second year now. And a beautiful thing about that is you... It took some time to dig down deep and make yourself believe you could do this because from your background, you'd been pretty brainwashed that you weren't going to amount to anything because you didn't have a degree. And and even that a degree doesn't make or break you, but it's that constant um, feedback that this is all you're going to do. You can't do more, but you said, I'm going to do this. And you really fought through, overcame some huge mental blocks to make that happen because I remember talking to you I don't I don't know if I'll pass the test and how many times you were so doubtful but you'd find the courage to move through the fear and say I am going to do this and you did you passed it you're a, a licensed real estate agent you've been very successful in your first two years and not only you're a successful real estate agent um, so you can reach out to Jolene Brown, a finder. She works with Compass. And if you're looking for a real estate agent, this woman rocks it. Because not only did she help me sell my home, she's also taken my husband and I on some tours to look at some other homes. And she's very thoughtful. And I think her compassion and her authenticity is born out of your struggle. You want the best for people. I do. You are really not do. there to manipulate, to inform to do anything that you don't believe will serve the people you work with. So I honor you in that journey. So, Jolene, what I want to know is you're successful. I mean, I'm looking at you. You're, you, you're beautiful. 
from the inside out. You thrive from the inside out. And you had to do a lot of work. And you still found time to take care of yourself. You knew how important that was to find pieces, even if it was just little bits of time here and there, to make sure you were honestly taking care of yourself. Can you share some things that you found worked for you? I know when we came here this morning, um, this is way ahead, but it was about a ritual that you had performed because you were making a decision about where to live in the future. And so you were telling me you went out in your yard and and, uh, put some stones out and (laughs) cried out to the universe, show me, tell me a little ritual that gave you um, awareness of the synchronicities that are out there and watch the pieces fall together. So share share with me, Jolene, what did you do? I, 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 things are coming to my mind. What comes to your mind? Yeah, there's been, well, you know, in the beginning, it was very much just full-on survival mode. And, mm-hmm. you know, one, two, two years into being on our own, I realized I need, um, I need, I want an outside voice that can help me through all of this. And, you know, obviously sorting through not being in the church anymore and being, you know, a full-time single mother and a full-time working mother and also needing, wanting to get a degree, wanting to move forward. So I, I got a life coach. Um, Tara, Tara, excuse me, Steely is my life coach and she is phenomenal. I don't know if you're listening this morning, but if you are, I love you so much. And I am so thankful for all the things that you've spoken into my life and helped me through this journey. Um, so getting a life coach for me was uh, really imperative, and I had no idea how meaningful and incredible it was going to be because I had I had gone through therapy. I'd, I had done lots of counseling. I had done lots, read lots of books on healing and self-help, but the life, my life coach, I can say, has been one of the best decisions I ever made um, because, you know, she just walks me through she helps me get to the place that she knows I am 100% capable of by just asking me. It's, it's, it's so much of just asking questions that causes a self-reflection. And one of the things that recently that she said to me um, when I was going through this, this process of, um, you know, possibly moving and then transitioning, I've been an, uh, the executive operations manager for Northwest Team for the last year, which has been a phenomenal opportunity and experience in a way that I've really been able to dive fully into real estate and just see everything, all transactions, manage everything. But I have been feeling ready to to go out on my own and just fully focus on my business. But, you know, it's scary, right? It's scary when you're doing something you haven't done before. And one of the things that she said to me and a challenge she put forth to me was, you know, so let me ask you, she said this, let me ask you a question, Jolene. She said, if you today were to bet 100% on yourself, what would you do? What decision would make? What choice would you make? What road would you go down? And that was, an, I mean, an instant answer in, in my head. Like I knew what I would do because my heart was already telling me what I, what I wanted to do and what I felt like was best, but I was afraid to do it. And so having a life coach has been huge. I also, you know, some people have said, oh, you know, do you still believe in God? Do you go to church? You know, I don't go to church. I don't do any organized religion anymore, but I'm very much a faith-filled woman. Mm. And I believe very much in energy. I very much believe in 
going, you know, inward and I meditate and I pray. And, you know, recently when I was getting ready to make this big decision, I needed to just get out of my head because I am very analytical. I'm very much a a quiet processor. I do lots of processing quietly and then I make a decision and, you know, then I move forward. But um, and, you know, I have crystals and stones and rocks and these that are very special and meaningful to me because they're beautiful. I can hold them in my hands. I can read about different stones that have come from, you know, this incredible world that we live in. And I feel some kind of a connection to when I read about what it, you know, uh, what it possibly carries with it. It, it. It's a centering piece for me really more than anything. And it's an opportunity for me to actually pause and go inward and have a moment of quiet and solitude and just like being and then trusting that the process is going to naturally unfold in front of me, which, you know, I think so much of life is like that. Mm -hmm. We can get so caught up in fear of making a wrong decision or um, not knowing what the next decision is and versus just you know, getting up each day. I mean, part of my routine is even when I first wake up in the morning, I lay there for a few minutes and I just give thanks for the day that thank you that I have this opportunity today to be here. And I, negative thoughts often come in of, oh, how are you going to do this today? This is going to happen here or this is going on with this child. And I have made it a practice to take those thoughts immediately captive and start my day with positive affirmations. And speaking to myself what my day is going to be, I invite love into my life today. I invite truth into my life today. I want to be a vessel of kindness and love and wisdom to whoever I get to interact with today. And I ask too, I need wisdom today. I'm going to face things that I don't know how to do. And, you know, the universe is great about delivering when we are open. I love, I love that, that you... It doesn't even have to take a lot of time, right? No, no. And it, it's, it can be a few sentences. And the intention, once we set that intention, there's a part of our brain that's called the RAS system. And it's a little piece of the brain in the back, and it acts like a filter. And when we set an intention, when we offer gratitude, it's like telling that filter, this is what I want you to filter for me. This is what I want you to find. Now, was that divinely designed? I think so. Mm. It's, you know, the woo-woo isn't so woo-woo when you realize there's really scientific reasons why these things and why setting intentions. Uh, There is a new movement, the psychology of happiness. It really is, uh, can change us. It can make ourselves different. Mm. And so it's so powerful to hear you say that. And uh, so you wake up with gratitude. You set intentions um, you work with a coach um, mm-hmm. and you work hard. What are some other things? I know we played hard together oh, yes. and we're not going to tell <laughs> any of those secrets, but it, having fun, it is. just giving yourself permission to find pleasure, whether it be in relationship or in activity, you know, what really turns you on to use that word? And it, it can be in body. It can be in mind. You know, what have you discovered about the importance of pleasure and fun? Oh, gosh. Well, that you need to do just that. You Mm -hmm. need to have fun and Mm -hmm. laugh. And um, I mean, we're always laughing in in 
our home. It's there's even a joke. I mean, my boys are constantly teasing me about my weird, loud, crazy laugh. And, uh, you know, I spend a lot of time with, well, any downtime that I have, I like to be with my children. I have, uh, there is a love in my life that I like to spend a lot of time with as well, who's become very meaningful to me and definitely a surprise, not something that I was expecting. Um, I love going and having delicious food and just, and, and just being in nature. I mean, honestly, just going outside, my kids tease me and talk about how, you know, if they're being rowdy or whatever, I make them take their shoes off and go walk around outside. If they're fighting, I'm like, you need to go have an energy reset, go outside (laughs) barefoot and walk around for a little bit. But they do it because they actually do feel a change. I mean, so I think just, I don't have any specifics. It's just having presence of mind every day to be in the moments and the moments that are um, available to, you know, enjoy them. I, one thing I say to my kids every day when they're, I'm getting them off to school and they're getting out the door, I always give them a big kiss and a hug and say, go be the best version of yourself today. Amen. Whatever that oh, is, go be the best version of yourself. It. Now, Jolene, as we come to, uh, nearing the end of our show, um, obviously we've all made mistakes and we've had some gr- regrets and self-forgiveness is a, is a big piece of that. And then also, filtering through our hearts and minds uh, shame and blame Mm. and has that been a part of your journey also that absolutely has been a part of my journey and for for me and with my family you know especially because of the harm to my children part of that process has just been being honest about it Mm -hmm. having a lot of honest conversations at home about what happened in our life and what it felt like for them and me being willing to sit and listen to that and own that I didn't act sooner and I can't change that. And I, you know, of course the mother in me, right. It's a very painful when I look back and they say, but mom, there were things sooner and you know, that, that you knew about or that we told you and, and it's just, owning things, just saying, you know what, you're right. And I'm sorry. This, I was, I was where I was at in my journey at that time. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we can, I don't, you know, self-hatred, blame, negativity, that is not a catalyst of, for growth. Mm -hmm. However, acknowledging, not denying failure, not denying, you know, things that I could have done better. Yeah. Well, I, I totally, again, honor you in that and we are transforming ourselves, and that message is loud and clear to our children, and that speaks life to them. So keep up the good work. Thank you so much for uh, joining me today. I am totally honored. This is my inaugural show, and I there's no one else I would rather have had on the show than you. And thank you so much for listening to Solation Radio with Sharon Maureen on Lift Your Spirits Radio. Hey, join me next month. We're going to have more tips and we're going to learn some more about taking care of our bodies from the inside out. Uh, If you want to learn more about me and my life coaching business, go to SharonMaureen.com to connect with me or come and visit me at Twin Peaks Nutrition and Wellness in North Bend where you'll find quality supplements, eclectic gifts and stones, wellness services, cosmetic tattooing and so much more thank you everybody
Tell me this don't feel right on time Yeah, I'm the hope I know you're weary, just leave it all behind If you see it shine I don't want to grab a hold of it, yeah, yeah, yeah If you see it shine Everything you need for sure. Yeah, I know. I know you're scared, just follow my lead. If you see it shine, I go on grab a hold of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you see it shine. Goodness shines like a white light.